Happy New Year, captives and captive friends, and welcome to episode 23 of the Global Captive Podcast, supported by R&Q. This is the season finale of the first year of the pod, so this episode is a little bit different. We will recap some of the highlights from our first season, treat you to a few never-before-heard outtakes, and I'll also share some exciting plans for GCP 2020. But before all of that, I am delighted to say I am joined for this finale by Dan Toll, president of the Captive Insurance Companies Association, otherwise known as Seeker. Dan, welcome to London and, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Richard. I'm glad to be back with you again. So looking back on 2019, Dan, what do you think the, the biggest captive stories or, or developments of the year have been? Well, Richard, I think we've had some... Uh some threats and some opportunities over the last year, for sure. Certainly the, the biggest threat that many of us are concerned about is what's going on in Washington state. But that could be the tip of the iceberg when it comes to uh, home states, so where headquartered companies are, are um, not necessarily domiciled, but their home state, if they're applying self-procurement taxes or other taxes to them, could be one of the largest threats to our industry. Uh, for a lot of captives, adding a 2% charge to someone's uh, overall premiums could really take away the economic viability of their captive. And so that's that's one of the biggest threats. Uh, when it comes to opportunities, one of the things I think uh, makes it an exciting time for our industry is the hardening market. And I continue to hear that. I, I heard back from someone who was told initially that they were going to have a, a 30% increase, and then it came back and they were told they were going to have a 50% increase. And when they finally got their numbers back, it was a 200% increase. And so I think for many companies that have had captives for the hard market and the soft market and really understand uh, the economic benefit it has to the overall company, they're in a really good position to succeed during the hard market. For those who don't have captives, for all the service providers and domiciles, this is going to be an exciting time because we're going to see a lot of interest in captives and uh, we're in a good spot in the industry. Yeah, I agree. And it's something that we have we have discussed uh, at length during uh, during this season of uh, the Global Captive podcast. And I think as the season uh, and the year went on, it became more and more apparent that this was a, obviously a real hot topic uh, for the industry and for the captive owners. Um, and I think you're right. It's an exciting opportunity for the captive insurance industry to really show its value. Um, obviously, we always hear from our, our friends on the service provider side that uh, a captive isn't just for a hard market. You shouldn't only be considering a captive in a hard market. But of course, we do know that feasibility studies will be re-looked at again now that they find their, their insurance rates are changing. Another one of the interesting developments of the last year, and Sika did play a role in this, we launched our next generation Task Force for Young and New Professionals, and we also launched Amplify Women. And what's really been encouraging about that is I really think the industry is starting to take notice of that. Um, we received a ton of publicity about that. And other conferences, other associations are really starting to make a concerted effort. And so I'm, re I'm really pleased with that. I think as an industry, we know we are aging and we need to go out and, and take a more aggressive stance to recruit young professionals. And uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with how I think the industry is rallying around this cause together. Yeah, and no, I think there's, there's some really interesting initiatives that are out there now. And I think Secret, as you said, have taken a, a good lead role on that. On, on this side of the pond in London, with my other Air Mick hat on, we've got a very successful um, fast track uh, program here, which is to welcome in not necessarily just younger professionals, but people who are new to 
risk and insurance and actually one of my uh, parts of my job next year at Airmic is to develop a captive track of that as well to have about four sessions during the year as an introduction to captives for people in the risk insurance to introduce them and educate them in, in, in that area. So on the Washington State issue, Dan, we've heard from, I think, Alaska Air and now Starbucks seem to be pushing back a little bit on the actions taken by Commissioner Creedler in, in Washington State. Is that is that welcomed by UNC? Because there is now some challenge uh, coming back to them? I, I think it's a positive thing. Um, again, many home state companies, the last thing they want to do is take on their insurance commissioner. In many cases, these are large employers and very good corporate citizens. So I think many companies have been reluctant to do that. But what I think we're seeing now more than ever is that what they're trying to impose on those captives isn't fair. And uh, I think uh, Starbucks, uh, more so than others we have seen, put together a very well thought out roadmap of why they're fighting this. And I think that is a positive development for the industry. And it would not surprise me if others follow suit. And how about this story then that uh, they're considering becoming a captive domicile or considering putting in place some, some captive legislation? I'm not really up to speed on that. It, this has been a curious thing that has gone on for a while, which is the insurance commissioner has proposed legislation, but no one has seen it yet. And my understanding from from folks that have worked closely on this, and, and we've been in contact with many of the, the key stakeholders in Washington state, is that there is going to be legislation that will allow captives to operate there, but they are not planning to become a captive domicile. Okay, so, so captives can write business there under some more certainty, perhaps. With uh, perhaps a 2% charge across their global premium, which will not be palatable to many of the companies that are operating there now. Well, I guess uh, watch this space, and I'm sure we will address that early on in GCP 2020. Well, the Washington State issue was just one of countless topics that have been addressed by around 80 or more different guests on the podcast during 2019. Here are a few of the highlights from the past 10 months. Is this the maiden voyage? Ever been on the podcast before, Kieran? No. Will I be on one in the future again? No. (laughs) Well, let's see how this one goes. Uh, The future of the world, by the way, is is captives. It's reinsurance and captives. I think the insurance companies uh, themselves will will see captives not as a threat anymore, but a a way to to expand their portfolio as as compliance officers and and compliance um, uh, controllers. Um, and the reinsurance world, uh, whether it be traditional reinsurers that we have in the marketplace right now or hedge funds or pension funds or whoever might be providing capital, have become, become more and more and more important. We use a Bermuda segregated account company to bring together business that faces uh, front companies. So, for example, travellers, we have a cell particularly for travellers. So we've brought together about eight or nine different captive uh, participations all now within the one cell. So it gives them... Um, a much smaller pot to have to look at with one entity for their collateral reviews. Similarly, we have them for AIG, Liberty, Safety National, etc. You know what? Another highlight for me close to home would be along the, you know, the geographical trends and particularly close to home where EMEA, you'll see the captive numbers as we kind of, we, you, you know, right? Yeah. So captive numbers have decreased by 8% in the last five years. But there's been a 4% increase in gross premium over the same period. So captives are getting bigger. And I think, you know, I think this is particularly under Solvency 2. You know, Solvency 2 was designed for and by large European commercial insurers, you know. So it's great to see captives getting bigger, taking advantage of, of that diversification and really being able to pull those same levers, you know, as large multinationals. Yeah. 
So our captive internally has a very good reputation for being um, exactly what's needed. You know, we're able to customize it for our policyholders. So if um, we need broad coverage in a certain area or a, or a unique coverage in a certain area, you know, the, the captive makes us nimble. Um, certainly there are other carriers, commercial carriers, that would be happy to write us, and we, we have reinsurers in, in the commercial market, but uh, we find that the you know, writing on our own paper is, is what we need to do. Well, when we got there, there was one captive, Fiat Lux, uh, which is a single-parent, not-for-profit captive, and it was um, insuring about four lines of coverage, uh, and the captive was generating about $24 million worth of premium. And now we're got a billion and a half dollar of assets um, on a run rate probably over a half a billion dollars of premium we've got four captives uh, there's probably going to be at least another additional two so we came up with Karen's captive corner well I like how you said we came up with this I, definitely you came up with this Karen so uh, <laughs> let's... what what Karen's captive corner is is doing right it, it's taking the perspective of someone who is an emerging talent, a rising star, and who with fresh eyes is looking at the complexity and the nuances and the things that for the past now almost 20 years I've kind of learned to take for granted, right, to go and kind of explore that and to challenge that and to kind of you know, bring it forward. So our uh, urgent need to bring young talent into our space uh, Karen's Captain Corner is fantastic. You know, there's many organizations that have stronger balance sheets than insurance, commercial insurance companies. Uh, they'd rather leverage their own balance sheet than, than purchase insurance. So um, the sophistication of their, their vehicles, whether they're captives, whether they're their own insurance vehicle, maybe they call them something different, I think it's going to evolve. And I think, I think we're at a really important turning point that is going to uh, really put the captive slash self-insurance market on the map. Um, and I think we're in, we're in for a big ride ahead of us. So, Dan, what were some of your favorite guests or, or episodes of the Global Captive podcast in, in 2019? I think the one that struck me the most, I think it was episode four or five, uh, when you did your captain manager debate, you had Jason Flaxbeard, uh, Gary Osborne, and Paul Owens. And I think it really showcased what this industry is all about. You had three extremely experienced professionals. They poked fun at each other. They uh, they debated the, the hard topics, but then they also uh, clearly had mutual respect for each other. And uh, I, I happened to go back to listen to it again and found myself laughing when, uh, I won't say who it was, referred to... Um, uh, second tier brokers or something like that. And of course, uh, that that opened up for much discussion about, well, maybe that's why you're not been very successful with them, because you're calling them second tier <laughs> brokers. <laughs> but I really, really thought you were onto something special there. And uh, I've really enjoyed the podcast. And uh, I think that what that was one of the ones that let me know that 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 really is the pure essence of this uh, of this industry. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I think that was one, one of the one of the most enjoyable uh, discussions to actually record uh, this year or last year. And we did, we did that at Seeker back in March, actually, in 2019. And um, one of the plans is to really do more of that in, in 2020, have more roundtable discussions where you bring a, a, around the table. They might be competitors. They might be different parts of the market, maybe underwriters, managers, clients, and have a more kind of open and honest debate with each other. Because I thought what was great about Jason, Paul, and Gary in that episode, episode five, was they didn't really hold back. 
you know they just they put it out there and of course uh, that was just the bits that you heard you know there's obviously yeah. bits i maybe i, I edited out as well yeah. but i thought they were they were very honest and open and that's that's what i'm trying to achieve with the podcast for sure so um then in, in terms of the podcast in general then dan how, how have you thought it's been do you think it's been a successful uh, 2019 i think it has been very successful and, and again back to to one of the the top stories we talked about which is trying to engage younger professionals into the industry i think having a podcast is a great way to do that. And I think, uh, again, we're hitting, and I'm sure, and I'd love to hear about some of your metrics and some of the things you've been measuring, but I'm sure you're getting a broader audience than just who we would typically see at a at a Sika conference. You're getting a much you know broader, and I know you mentioned recently you have some some international interest as well in places that have been a little bit surprising. So I think, again, the more that the podcast can show what a vibrant and exciting industry this is. And you can see that. And, and the people that you interview, that they're really passionate about what they do, is really positive for the industry. I think uh, I think, I think that's a good point. And I think on, on terms of the international comment, I mean, the listeners have been from all over the world, of course, a very heavy, I think 50% of the listeners are US-based. But of course, the big cat, the domiciles, Bermuda, Cayman, Guernsey, Ireland, have got a huge listenership in Ireland, um, across continental Europe, and, and decent listener numbers from, from Latin America and parts of um, and parts of Asia as well. And what was interesting, you probably saw I put on LinkedIn a few days ago, that I suddenly had a massive um, uptick in listeners in a town called Boardman, Oregon, which I'd, I'd never heard of before, Boardman, Oregon. I've heard of Portland, and, and that's about it in Oregon and so I put a shout out on LinkedIn and said oh it's really interesting I've had like 85 listens from uh, from Boardman in the past week and I never used to have any listens from Boardman so it'd be great to know who those people are and actually Jason Flax appeared from Beecher got in contact and Beecher had recently made an acquisition of an insurance agency in Oregon and he said that must that's probably it they've probably been tuned into the episode so that's great if people are, are using it as a resource is, is Jason taking credit for all of your listening activity <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd like to he'd he'd, uh, he'd certainly like to uh, well, of course, if you have only recently discovered the Global Captive podcast and you can still listen back to all of our previous episodes, you can find, listen and subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify or any other place you get your podcast content from. Most of the discussion and content remains relevant and I do recommend going back through the back catalogue to hear the excellent uh, guests, debates and insight, particularly from our captive owners over the past 10 months. After the break, I'll tell you all about the Global Captive Podcast's return on the 1st of March, what leading industry professionals have been having for breakfast this year, and some other exciting developments to look out for in GCP 2020. The Global Captive Podcast is supported by RQ, the award-winning provider of exit solutions for legacy liabilities and companies in runoff. R&Q can provide a wide range of solutions and has A-rated paper across the United States and Europe. LPTs, novations, business transfers and acquisition are all frequently used and tailored to the seller's requirement whether in runoff or fully active but seeking greater efficiency. If you have legacy, you should talk to R&Q. Welcome back to the season finale of the Global Captive Podcast. Richard, I understand there's going to be some changes next year, both in your own professional life and for the podcast as well. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Dan. Um, So 
as, as you know, I, I launched a podcast in March of 2019. I, I just joined Airmic in January 2019. As if, if people don't know, then Airmic is the kind of UK equivalent of, of RIMS, if you will. It's the association representing risk and insurance managers. Um, so it's been a great experience for the last year working full time with the Airmic team on technical content, writing uh, technical guides on things like supply chain, people risk. We even published a, a captive governance guide earlier in, in 2019 as well in, the, in our annual survey. Now, I launched a podcast in March really as a, as a hobby. You know, I wanted to keep in contact with my global captive contacts. I miss the industry. I really enjoy, as you said, the spirit of, of the industry. And I launched a podcast. R&Q were very generous to, to put a little bit of money behind it so I could get some good equipment, uh, visit you guys at Seeker in Vermont in August as well. And uh, I've been, you know, really humbled, to be honest, with the, with the response that the, the podcast has had. We've had over 12,000 listens in, in nine months, which has been brilliant across, you know, over 100 different countries, across all of the you know, big, big industrial hubs, but the captive domiciles as well. And it started to, you know, suggest to me that maybe there was something else here that I could do with the podcast. Could we take it on, on a step further? So did you expect this kind of uh, result from listeners? Um, I guess I was hopeful. I was hopeful that it, it would it would resonate with people. I was um, my main concern was whether or not our industry would want to engage with with podcasts in general with with that platform. Obviously, they are very popular in things like um, entertainment and sports and politics. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but you know, I have I've had I have had to walk around the conference floor, kind of showing people how to download the app or how to find the podcast on the on the Apple app or on Spotify. Yeah, we got really good listener numbers for the first few episodes and they held up. So quite early on, I, I could see there was demand and I was getting really, really nice feedback. Um, in terms of my role at Airmic, I, I love I love my role at Airmic. I love the Airmic team. So I'm not leaving Airmic completely. I am taking the podcast on as a full-time venture in 2020. But I'm going to stay on at Airmic. I'm going to launch the Airmic podcast, in fact, which will be a much broader risk and insurance podcast based out of, based out of London. I'm going to be taking on the Airmic newsletter, uh, monthly newsletter, but also uh, continue running the captive special interest group that we have at Airmic, which is a really engaged group of about 20 to 30 of our largest members who have captives. And we, we've had some really interesting uh, quarterly discussions Discussion. So I'm keeping my Emic hat on, but the, the, it's full steam ahead on the Global Captive podcast. So taking the podcast full time, what does that mean, and what's going to look different for 2020? So the the regular episodes, which have been released every two weeks uh, in 2019, will remain much the same. If, you know, people seem to like that format. We have different guests on. We always have a captive owner interview every time as well. But possibly we'll start to focus more on some specific themes and specific questions more often. So similar to the captive management debate that you mentioned, I think getting more of those roundtables in will be will be really interesting. The biggest change, however, and the way that this is obviously going to be um, become sustainable is what we're going to be doing in those off weeks. So those weeks where there isn't a, an episode released because they're every, every other week. So from March, in those off weeks, we will be releasing what I'm calling GCP Shorts. So Global Captive Podcast, GCP Short episodes. They're going to be 15 to 20 minute maximum episodes on a very particular topic. So possibly maybe... Maybe AXA XL wants to talk about parametric insurance, or maybe Marshall wants to talk about cyber, cyber and adding cyber to your captive. And we're going to be having those episodes produced by me in partnership with our 14 friend of the podcast partners who have all signed up, and they'll be revealed in uh, January and February. So we're going to have some really leading names supporting the podcast and helping us create some really interesting technical and educational content for, for our listeners. No, I think that'll be great. I think uh, one of the other functions that I, I would say from my uh, recommendation was 
It would be great to have a nice search function because I think as we get these different areas up, just as you mentioned, whether it's parametric insurance or whether it's, you know, if you do something specialized on reinsurance or things like that, I think as people are getting into this industry, it'd be great for them to be able to just go to the go to the podcasts that have those specific or have those niches that uh, you're you're gonna cover. Absolutely, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And one of the things uh, one of my jobs over the the festive period and the holidays is to uh, do much more of that documentation and archiving. So when you click on an episode, you can see exactly what minute Jason kicks in with his comment about tier two brokers or, or even Dan, when you talk to us about uh, the upcoming conference, you know, people will be able to find that a lot more easy. So we're working on the website, we're working on some rebranding, we're refreshing it all. And it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the other thing I should mention is, is the live episodes. So in, in 2020, uh, I think we've already agreed with Seeker, yourself, Dan, and also with uh, BCIA in August that we're going to host, uh, host a live episode of the podcast at some conferences. So they will be a little bit more fun, a little bit more relaxed, maybe have some captive trivia in there. And, you know, just bring the, start bringing the uh, podcast to life um, even more. No, that sounds exciting. you got to keep things fresh and new. And uh, I know always mixing up new speakers is a great thing, but also doing them in different formats for sure. And so talking about conferences, Dan, uh, what, what have Seeker got in, in store for us in, in March in Palm Springs? Yes, we're in Rancho Mirage, which is part of Palm Springs, California. Uh, we're expecting a, a huge turnout again. Uh, so far, our sponsorship and exhibitor sales has, have uh, broken all of our records, which is always a good indicator. I certainly encourage people to uh, to book their hotel rooms because that always sells out early. Uh, our conference theme is building on the best. I think one of the, the great things about being a domicile neutral conference is we do really draw upon the best of, of service providers and in all different jurisdictions and captive owners from all sorts of different places. Uh, last year, we had almost 70 regulators, and I expect that to to occur as well. Um, some exciting things I think are, that are going to happen this year. We, uh, we've made a real effort to bring in new speakers, up and comers. We're gonna, you're going to see a lot more young professionals on our panels. You're going to see a lot more women on our panels. And hopefully people you may not have heard from before. We're drawing on more international expertise. Uh, we're pleased to have our friends from uh, Ekiroa and also Parima. So that's the European Captive Insurers and Reinsurers Owners Association and the Pan-Asian Risk Management Association. They're going to be in attendance. Uh, we're excited about that. And uh, we hope you're going to join us. I know you're going to be there, Richard. And uh, it's going to be another great conference. It is. It is. And it's not too far from San Diego, which is one of my favorite places to visit. So I'll be spending some days on the beach, I think, um, either side. And I, I'm one of those that does need to put my hotel up. So uh, I appreciate the reminder. Yeah, you, you look like you could use a little beach time. You're <laughs> looking a little, particularly pale with the, all the London sun you get here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, I would, have, I would have been in Cape Town for seven weeks before then. So uh, I'll, hopefully I'll have a little bit more. Um, well, all very exciting. Really excited for the rest of this year, 2020. But before we wrap up with my own song choice to finish uh, this season off, we've just got time to share some other exclusive content from all the hours and hours and hours and probably hundreds of hours of content that I recorded with all my fantastic guests in 2019. As Dan will know, I always ask guests to tell me what they had for breakfast as part of a quick sound check. Little did they know I, I actually recorded all of those. Um, so here are a few of the industry's most high profile names and what they had for breakfast in 2019. Uh, this morning, just a protein bar and some coffee. Navigating the subway, I needed to be, you know, lean and mean. It was boring. I had cereal <laughs> and coffee, lots of coffee. What did I have for breakfast? I actually had some coffee, but I think I told you I had no power, so I actually had to have some cold cereal, which I almost never have. 
this morning for breakfast, I had a very delicious eggs benedict with a side of home fries and lots of coffee from Shelbourne Farms. Well, for breakfast this morning, I had uh, eggs and bacon and uh, coffee. Oh, I had a bit of porridge. and Well, it was just porridge, but I added raisins and nuts to it. It was very nice, a bit of honey, uh, nice coffee. Looking forward to lunch. Where are we going to lunch? Breakfast this morning. Um, do you know what? I don't even know. Porridge. Porridge from Pret, I think. Oh, you know, I had a late version of an English fry-up. Right, so I decided not to go with the toast. Not the fried toast or anything like that. You Skip went- the mushrooms. I want the beans, sausage, and some lightly fried eggs. So you went local? Yeah, always try to go local. I had a great porridge at Pret-à-Manger. Very London, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had two poached eggs, wheat toast, no butter on it, coffee, and about a third of a cup of fruit. I'm on croissant and a cappuccino, then I went to meet uh, your contact of Lloyd's at one Lombard and had the full yoghurt, toast and 19 cups of coffee. I had a protein shake after my spin class. Protein shake after your spin class? Yeah, and then a couple of roses because it's Christmas. <laughs> Breakfast this morning. Ah, lovely coffee, a nice bread, of and of, of course a lovely egg. Right, that's it. So varied breakfast diets and types there and a little little bit of fun from the captive market to sign us off. So thank you to all of our guests talking about a year in the making and of course you, the listeners, for all of your support and interaction in 2019. This really has been the most rewarding project I've ever embarked on and I can't wait to take it to the next level and deliver more excellent content in GCP 2020. So Dan, thank you very much for closing this season off for me. Thank you very much, Richard. And congratulations. It's been a great year. I think this is both uh, very interesting to, to listen as, as someone from afar, but I also think this is really great for our industry. So we appreciate all you've been doing and, and we look forward to even bigger things in 2020. Amen to that, Dan. And thank you for your support as ever. Until the 1st of March, see you next time, captives.